This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. Become a diehard. Go phnx.com. Pick up our new NL Rookie of the Year tee. Hells yeah. Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock here on a little hot Wednesday. The Arizona Cardinals making moves like one of their five moves they've made in the free agency pool dating back to last March. Significant or not, breaking news before the show, Bo, Michael Carter, fourth rounder from the New York Jets, third year in the league, running back, is now in the backfield with James Conner and company in the desert. You like? I do like. I mean, I think we said yesterday that it was basically uh, no risk, very low risk, if any risk at all, and, you know, medium to high reward. We talked about it. I mean, you've seen it on full display that the running back depth behind James Conner was nil. I mean, they were running Amari Dermacato, an undrafted free agent, at a TCU where he didn't even start. And, you know, a tip the cap to Dermacato and, and what he was able to accomplish. But I think in the playmaking department, a guy like Michael Carter, who was kind of just a casualty by numbers in New York for the Jets, uh, you know, one team's trash becomes another team's gold. And not very often you have the opportunity to upgrade your roster post-trade deadline in week 11 of the NFL season. But Mr. Awesome Fort did just that today. Love the pickup. Uh, I just watched his rookie highlights. Uh, I remember him coming out of North Carolina, so he was like the 1B option to the 1A of Javante Williams in mm-hmm. now the Denver Broncos, who's a good player when he's healthy. He looks like Chase Edmonds. Like, he looks like the third down, not even the third down, because that's disrespectful, just like the change of pace back. He's got a huge lower body, but he plays bigger than that. He can catch the football exceptionally well. Like, I, I think this is your immediate, like, when James Conner's not available, especially on passing downs, this is your go-to guy. I also think, like, his production has a big asterisk next to it in the best possible way. I see people in the chat saying four yards a carry. He was playing with Zach fucking Wilson since his rookie year. Like, think about the stacked boxes he goes up against with Brees Hall and company. I, I think now you go into an offense that's very running back friendly. They want to run the football, right? This is a golden opportunity for a couple different reasons. He's under contract, Bo, through this year and 2024. Like, that's why I said, like, this feels like a significant addition, not only to this team this year, but, like, if he proves himself, He's going to be in the mix to be on the team next year. And I love James Conner. I don't want this to turn into like anti-James Conner talk. From a money standpoint, from an age standpoint, 
they're going to have to make a decision there. And we all think with 12 draft picks next April, they're going to add a back, a, a caliber back in the maybe the high to mid rounds. Michael Carter could find himself in a very advantageous position if he performs to stick around past this year. And I think like fourth rounder, I remember him coming out. He he ha- he has the ability to do that. He's got the physical attributes. I think he's going to be a perfect fit in this offense. Yeah, I mean, the keyword compliment. It's not going to be the first time that you're going to hear this all show. Sam Monson's going to join us from Pro Football Focus here in a little bit. But, yeah. you know, you might be underwhelmed by the the current, you know, the, the most recent rushing totals, as you said. You know, those stack boxes last season were, you know, when Zach Wilson is, is under center in the shotgun, you know, there's not a true threat to stretch the field, throw the ball down the field. Yeah. But there is a whole lot of catching the ball out of the backfield that you really have to appreciate that yeah. you don't like. I really like what James Conner adds to it. And I think it's a very underrated version of his game. But when James Conner's not in there, and you've got the change of pace, you know, pass catching back third down situational back and Carter can play that role. He had 41 catches last year. He had 36 the previous season. He was playing less than half the snaps at the running back position. Those aren't numbers to just kind of scoff at. I mean, he he catches the ball at a high volume. He catches at an efficient rate. And, like, this is – there's really no risk to this. This is – this is we talked about it yesterday and poo-pooed a little bit because we look at maybe a little bit where he lacks in the pass pro. But where he lacks in the pass pro, he immediately makes up in his playmaking ability. And I also think you try to connect the dots here and running backs pretty interchangeable. Typically a guy can play in multiple systems. Where did he come from? He was drafted by the jets. Solid's had Kyle Shanahan disciples trying to run their offense since he got there. What are the Cardinals run now with drew Petzing? It's the sh- a version of the Shanahan offense. So I think we got asked in the chat, like Dylan asking front of the program, is he going to be active this week? He's on the active roster now. Like, Will he be active on game day? I think that's asking a lot. He might be. They might try to throw him out there, give him a couple carries. But, like, they claimed him. And then before the show started, I think it was Rap Sheet, maybe Adam Schefter saying multiple other teams, including Washington, yeah. I think maybe Tampa, attempt mm-hmm. to claim him as well. There was a ton of interest. And if you go on social media, like Jets players, I don't know if they were, like, dejected. They were disappointed he got released. He was a very popular player in the locker room. I also think, and I saw this in the chat, Somebody said uh, the West 63 Jets have Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall. That's why he was cut. Yeah. Dalvin Cook has been an unmitigated disaster signing. He looks complete. Dalvin Cook looks cooked for the Jets. And yeah. so I'm sure the Jets players know that they have to be able to justify Dalvin Cook and the money that they gave him. Right. Brees Hall is the clear number one back there. No one's disputing that. But like a change of pace back, a back that can supplement. We always said this. And I think that that's why. You know, it's a little frustrating. It took this long. It's like the Cardinals, and I love their moves this offseason, dragged their feet on getting Joshua Dobbs, a true backup, and then they dragged their feet on getting an RB2. And I think both those situations cost them, but at least they remedied. He is the perfect 30 to 35% compliment to James Conner's 60 to 65%. Because we have seen upwards of the first two months of this season with James Conner, like you give him the bulk of the carries, good production, he gets hurt. He wears yeah. down, right? You have to be able to supplement it with eight to 12 touches from somebody else that will not embarrass themselves on Sunday. Absolutely. And, you know, I I think even like if James Conner goes down again, I think that, you know, if we're talking fantasy football wise, I think that he's a, he's a good handcuff to have. I think that he's, he's a guy that, that can in a pinch step into the role of of the bell cow back. Obviously you don't want him week in and week out, but if it's like the last 
you know, what we saw previous to this, this weekend, four weeks without James Conner, like Michael Carter and somebody else in Amari Dermacato looks drastically better than Amari Dermacato and maybe uh, Keontae Ingram, maybe Damian Williams. Like this, this Jones is a, Jr. Get the yeah. hell out of here with that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, the, the Dalvin Cook thing, I, I never really truly understood it for, for New York because they had such a, a pretty stout room anyway. That right. included Carter, like Brees Hall Carter. I, I, I would have been fine with that. And they also drafted a kid out of Pittsburgh that, you know, impressed if you watched Hard Knocks. Uh, so it was just a jam-packed room. And, you know, for, for Monty Osford to be patient on this and for his patience to pay off, because it doesn't always happen in the NFL. Like, opportunities don't present themselves. Hey, we've got a position of need uh, week 11. Oh, uh, the Jets just inexplicably got rid of Michael Carter. Uh, let's let's scoop him up. So yeah. back-to-back weeks, I, I think that two positions of need, Monty Osford has done a good job. And he, he brought in Jones, who was who was cast off from the Tennessee Titans, big defensive lineman that's on their practice squad right now. That you know they have the luxury of you know getting him into some practice reps and, and getting him up to speed. Uh, and now a guy that, as you said, right on the active roster. You know, with that, they they dress only so many on game days. I wouldn't be shocked if he's a is a healthy scratch just to start, just because Der- Dermacato was back at practice today. And they'll have the they'll have I think that they would err on the side of caution and just getting him up to speed in 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 uh in a couple of weeks of practice because the role that he would be playing, there are errors that can be made that can be game changing. Like you can't right. send him back there and not know what he's doing and and cost yourself a chance to win or, or get Kyler Murray uh, uh you know free shot from Will Anderson. Some really good stuff in the chat. Agent 47. I don't want to see Ingram anymore. It feels like Kanza Ingram, and I could be wrong, like his time. He's, he's missed his window, which it feels unfortunate for him. Now with the returning Di Mercado, James Conner is healthy, and you claim another back. Like It's it's going to be tough for Keontae because he had I think he had a golden opportunity all throughout camp and preseason, and it just, for whatever reason, didn't transpire. Uh, Tommy in the chat saying, from ESPN, Jets locker room was, quote, shocked. Jets OT, Mekhi Becton stated on Twitter that this one hurts the most. Like, yeah, this is a guy that was beloved in the locker room. I mean, it's, it's kind of reminiscent of a little bit of Eno Benjamin fever of what happened last year. And I think Carter's a better player than Eno Benjamin. Let's get to these super chats here. Carter, 699 super chat. Thank you so much. Friend from Canada. I'm from, from, I'm from Canada. I'm flying to Texas to watch my first ever NFL game. Can't wait to watch Kyler play. Uh, of course, Kyler and company taking on awesome. CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans. That's fantastic. Enjoy the game. Safe travels, my guy. Yeah, that's awesome. Coming down, uh, great stadium. It should be a great atmosphere. I mean, there's a lot of excitement. You're, you're going to see a, a great battle, I think, from both quarterbacks here, a rookie signal caller that Kyler Murray expressed a ton of respect for today during his press availability. Uh, and you'll see, you know, just that position. Anytime you go to an NFL game and you get to watch, you know, two really stellar quarterbacks play, I mean, it, it's worth it's it's worth making the trip in itself. But then, you know, some of this other stuff, these other roster moves, the other other players that kind of take this thing up a notch. And, you know, it's not exactly a five and four team taking on an eight and two team or I'm sorry, two and eight team reverse that record. It's it's a little bit more exciting than that. So enjoy the trip down there. Houston, they've got great food. Uh, obviously, uh, it's, it's a good it's a good foodie city. So you can you can kind of enjoy yourself that way. So enjoy it, man. Thanks for the super chat. What else we got? Corey, the stew Sunday is shaping up to be a good one. Buckle up $2 super chat. Thank you so much, Corey. Uh, yeah. Like I think the Cardinals are very much now 
like it's cliche throw out the record it's not real because they've been missing their franchise quarterback like there are going to be teams this sunday there are that are like double-digit underdogs that have one to two more wins than the cardinals but the cardinals now have k1 <laughs> and they have shown to be very viable I'm going to tell you right now, like I, this is going to be a one possession game going into the fourth quarter. I think that Vegas thinks that I think this is going to be in the best possible way. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Cardinals win dramatic or emphatically. I think this is going to be a shootout between Kyle, Kyler Murray and CJ Stroud. I think that that's what we're going to get on Sunday. Give it to me. Give it to me. I mean, that's what I think a lot of people sign up for. Like, okay, this team expectations wins, not that, but exciting back and forth uh competitive matchups at least provide that and i think that's jg and crew and now kyler murray uh they certainly have so far you know jg up until you know the cleveland game i think that the the team had made its case that they were competing and, and playing above what you know everybody kind of uh tabbed this team as far as the lack of talent and then with kyler murray coming back and immediately getting a dramatic come from behind win pretty much walk off field goal from Matt Prater. I mean, it's that that's all you could ask for from a team with no expectations to win. Uh, and then, you know, to have a matchup that kind of bodes well for the Cardinals to, to be competitive again and maybe steal one. Uh, you can't beat that. Craig saying Ingram's window closed when Marlon Mack arrived, even after the injury, it, d- it definitely felt like that was a yeah. red flag. And we were there literally when Marlon Mack, uh, when he tear his Achilles tore up his, his knee, uh, it was really unfortunate and because he looked good and he had a really good practice the day before. I feel like uh, that's been his career. It's really yeah. unfortunate. You know, big time prospect coming out of Texas high school, goes to UT, is a local product, never really finds his way there for the Longhorns and then ends up transferring to USC. And, you know, he did enough to become a draft prospect, but you look at the numbers, nothing too impressive at when he's with the Trojans. So, you know, I think it's just, Okay, people see some talent and then just is never able to kind of put it all together to, to really be a, a rock solid productive back. Uh, D West 63, do you think, and I'll pose this to Bo, Kyler will have more time in the pocket or do you think we'll run the ball and maybe break out some more play action against the Texans? Well, we asked Brian Baldinger this yesterday, Bo, like I was surprised with how little Kyler played under center. I wonder if that was the benefactor or not so much of DJ Humphreys not playing. But, you know, things can always change week to week. Comfort level, you've got an update on D.J. Humphreys. Did come back and, and did some light work in practice today. Yeah, as I mentioned, their Mercado was back and limited from the toe injury. And then, yeah, your, your starting left tackle was back out there on practice today. He was limited as well. And J.G. said before they went hit the practice field for the first time this week in his press availability this morning that he's somebody he's encouraged about. He seemed kind of encouraged at the end of last week. He was encouraged wow. at the beginning of this week. So, um, you know, he was a guy that was in a walking boot. And usually that's points, you know, signs of high ankle sprain. But it must not have been high ankle sprain for DJ because this is pretty early uh, as far as that timeline would present itself and work walking around. It's not wrapped or anything. So DJ Humphreys, you know, limited in the first practice of the week, that that's really good sign for him. And, you know, for this outside of the left guard position, but I think you could say that Carter O'Donnell played fairly well at that spot. Probably the most encouraging play from a left guard this season uh, that this offensive line could be in a position to be full strength. Definitely warrants another another start from Carter O'Donnell. Like I saw enough last week. Like let him let him jump back in there. 
isn't it nice that we get to talk and preview a quality game this weekend? We don't have to worry about who's playing quarterback and everything other than the game. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I think this is going to be on paper the best game that we've seen so far top to bottom from the Arizona Cardinals. I think they're trending in this direction. And I don't want to get too high level. I think this move signals to this team like, hey, we're trying to get better. We're trying to improve. Like, I it, it was kind of dark in training camp and preseason bowl for this franchise. Like, I, I thought they'd mix it up, sign some players. They were adamant not only were they not interested in signing anybody for the most part outside of vet minimum stuff, they were cutting people. Like, Isaiah Simmons was basically cut. He was thrown away to the side of the curb for a seventh-round pick. They cut DeAndre Hopkins. This feels like, and it's November now, with an eye on the rest of this year, evaluation into next year. This this feels like a turning point, even that something as subtle as a waiver claim, because this money is guaranteed now from his rookie contract. They're competing against other teams for instant production to get better on Sundays. Because otherwise, it's like, oh, we'll just write it out. Dean Mercado's back at practice. He looked viable. So I, I really feel like this is the, the beginning of the snowball effect that comes with $80 million in cap space, draft picks, making over this roster. Because, I mean, look, the, he could come and perform, that being Michael Carter, over these next seven games, and he could warrant serious consideration for playing time next year with a rookie or with James Conner, whatever you want to do. But they're giving themselves options and flexibility, and it feels like now a firm investment. This kid's in his mid-20s. As you say, he's 24 years old. He was a mid-round pick. A lot of people thought could have gone – as high as you know, the beginning of the third round out of North Carolina, I, I, it's definitely nothing to sneeze at. I I think he's gonna he's gonna prove himself, and I think mm-hmm. he's gonna be exceptional, especially catching the football that he's going to warn a roster spot next year. I think just if you if you kind of take in consideration all the variables like the age, the controllability, um, what he can project to be is the complement to a James Conner or future draft pick who's kind of more set up to be a bell cow or just the same bell cow as James Conner. Like this was the best opportunity to upgrade behind Conner yeah. in, in position going forward. Like not, not an old, you know, high mileage Kareem Hunt who's looking for an opportunity with, uh, with a contender in, in an instant role that you have to tell him in negotiations or, you know, Leonard Fournette and, and all these guys that are just as far as you don't want to go over their, their lease miles on them. Right. So to be able to get a guy in now that that's low mileage. Right. And, and it looks like he can be somebody that you can move forward with for the next couple of years. It, it's a win for Monty Osifor because, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think they were looking for like you're not going to get your next starting running back off the waivers, but are you going to get a guy that that can fit your system, that can can make plays for your team? I think that that's what the kind of separates GMs that Monty Osford is proving to be and what GMs could like that don't give you a chance that way in Steve Kime, where they just they didn't have the ability to to diagnose the waiver wires and who was no. available and who fit schemes and and also that there it plays a role with guys on the coaching staff having relationships throughout this league. Now, I'm not saying that's what happened with Carter, but it's happened all up and down the roster where previous coaching staff didn't have those ties, didn't have those relationships. And that's what you need to play big boy football. Yeah. I I, I think the, the minutia, the meat of the roster was always lacking with Kime and company. Like you had star players and then you had a huge drop off in depth and production. Right. And I think that this year has been about re solidifying the middle of this roster, seeing some people emerge, hopefully as star players, a la Trey McBride. But then, like going into next year, it's like, oh, yeah, we'll be good if B. Joe Gillari starts. We'll be fine if Garrett Williams starts. 
Garrett Wilson or Michael Wilson starts, like Dante Stills, he's a starter for us. Like mm-hmm. that's what great teams are able to do. It's everybody would love to have the 49ers roster and John Lynch and company, like they've done a fabulous job. And I bring them up because I, I think top to bottom outside of quarterbacks, the best roster in the NFL. It's star yeah. players everywhere. But for the Cardinals, they have to get back to basics with roster construction and player development and player evaluation. And like that is gone. I think it's gone off to about as seamless as you could have hoped with this draft class, the implementation, the fact that they're playing and playing at a high level. And now it's just about supplementing, churning out the last five to 10 spots on this roster. So no one is a dramatic liability on Sundays. Like you've always said, well, on this show, like if you are on the active roster, you are going to have a role. Mm. You are going to be called upon on Sundays to produce for this team on special teams as a gunner, third down back, whatever situational pass rusher, whatever. There are no wasted roster spots. And yeah. so cost controlled depth, being able now, you hit on some of these players. You can go splurge on one or two guys. It's why mm-hmm. the, the Niners were allowed to go get Javon Hardgraves. That's why they traded for Chase Young. Like the, the Cardinals time for doing those splashy moves had to be put aside because Kime went bankrupt literally with this roster. Like yeah. he, kept, he kept overdraft too many overdraft fees with this roster right now. You have to rebuild your credit, which is what Austin Ford and company are doing. <laughs> then there'll be time for the Disneyland trips. There'll be time to right. splurge on a free agent or two. Um, and I think Cardinal fans are about to be rewarded for their patience sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, they returned the hot tub uh, that was just sitting in 110 degree heat to rent a center. Uh, they're not having to make any more payments on it. They probably had to eat something, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, like moves like this, like you look at the wide receiver core, you look at the offensive line, like mostly on the offensive side of football and the defense is getting there. Right. But offensively you add a stud to any of these position groups, man, does it, I mean, it's in a position to where, man, it looks really good. Like right now it looks, it looks fine. It looks good. Right. Obviously Kyler Murray elevates what they do wide receiver wise, you know, Trey McBride emerging helps out the tight ends. Uh, but like it was just James Conner in the running back room. Now it's James Conner and Michael Carter. And in the wide receiver room, you hit on Michael Wilson. Now you've got Hollywood Brown, you got Michael Wilson, you've got Rondell Moore, you've got Greg Dortch, right? You if you like if you added a, a Marvin Harrison to that group, like holy shit, like that's a really stacked room, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you add a, a rookie to that running back core this offseason and restructure James Conner, you're like, wow. If that's you add a, 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 a book and a tackle with Paris Johnson yes. Jr., people are talking about you have the two best tackle, young tackles in the NFL. Yes. And then you you couple all that with Trey McBride. I, the offense literally, and they're going to have to be strategic and they will be with what they do with their pieces. And, and that's why I've, I've been very adamant. Like I think Gannon knows defense. I'm confident whatever he wants to do there. If they if they have the urge to say, let's get the best tackle, let's let's use a high pick on a running back. Let's use a mid-rounder on another wide receiver. This offense, assuming Kyler Murray continues his trajectory, should be uh, borderline top 10, top 7 right now in the NFL if we fast-forward like 12 months from now. They're, what they're Philly that does. close. What they're Philly close. does. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's very reminiscent of what Philly does. And look at what, what their strongest unit is, offensive line, right? What, what Lane Johnson does, you know, it's obviously in the center of that offensive line that kind of how Jason Kelsey just settles everything down. But, you know, they're, they're a healthy, stout group. And, you know, I, I think in what the, the conflict that Jalen Hurts creates is the same amount of con- conflict that jo- Jonathan Gannon envisions Kyler Murray creating what he did even in just one game back, just with his ability to play off schedule, 
make plays. Uh, it's it's really kind of very similar, but in in their own way, and maybe with some more upside with the arm talent from Kyler Murray. I mean, I think Kyler Murray has a little bit more upside. I don't think that that's it's not a hot take with you, intelligent. Uh, group of listeners and viewers out there, spite what our rankings were yesterday, which we won't mention um, any longer. Can I just say the ringer put out their like <laughs> top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. They had Kyler top 10 they did. Which in the then NFL. They had, like, they had like Dak like fifth. So everybody yeah. calm down. All right. Can we just calm down? Uh, I'm not going to calm down, Bo, about our friends at uh, Arizona's family of sports though, who have been fantastic. Right. I mean, of course, if you couldn't make it to our uh, takeover tonight with the Phoenix Suns and our friends at the PH Next Suns uh, for the debut of the Big Three, why not watch it at home? Of course, you got the Suns season continuing, and AZ Family is the best place to catch it. On Friday, you got the Suns taking on. Uh, let's see. Well, they've got the the T Wolves tonight. You got Anthony Edwards, one of the emerging stars in the NBA plus the big three making their debut. Then you got the jazz on Friday, jazz on Sunday, trailblazers uh, the 21st to kick off Thanksgiving week. And it's all in one spot, Arizona family, three TV, Arizona family sports channel 44 rabbit ears. That's all you need to catch this. People are like, but it's going off of uh, one streaming product. Well, you can, you can just switch off the streaming product. Like you always do. I'm always jockeying between, you know, Netflix and uh, YouTube TV and then back to terrestrial TV and watching, you know, three TV for Suns games. That's all you need. And if you need to figure out, you know, where three TV Arizona Family Sports is in your area, whether you're in Flagstaff, Albuquerque, Yuma, Tucson, uh, you can check out their website, azfamily.com. Click Suns games. And it's going to put you right where you need to be. I am, I'm already anticipating doing that. Uh, when I go to Yuma for the holidays, visit the in-laws, I'm hitting up azfamily.com in Suns games because I'm not going to miss any Suns games uh, while I'm chilling on the couch during the holidays. You live for Yuma. Uh, I do. And I, I live for Arizona uh, family. And I live for Bad MGM, frankly. Uh, if you haven't checked out the Tasty Line as it relates to cards at Houston Texans this weekend, the line's been going all over the place. Opened up at six, then five and a half. Then it got down to four. And now it's back up for five for some reason. But at the end of the day, the folks in Vegas, they're telling you they think this is going to be a one-possession game. Let's say we tell them we're coming for your free monies regardless with our friends at BetMGM using that sweet, sweet bonus code PHNX. Download the app right now. I'm telling you, you will not regret it. Place a mere $10 bet. You can do it on the cards game. You can do it on Thursday night football tomorrow. Maybe the, you know, Justin Fields returns on Sunday, but you've got Bengals, you've got Ravens. I thought the Bears played again on Thursday night football. It's embedded in my brain watching so much bad Chicago football. <laughs> and I think I've lost a fair amount of money, but BetMGM, they're going to hook you up with some money. You're going to get $200 in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. So $10 bet, $200 to do whatever you want to do with. But do it with our friends at BetMGM. You got to download the app, BetMGM Sportsbook, on your iOS or Android device, or check them out, betmgm.com. Sign up with bonus code PHNX, additional $200 winnings instantly, regardless of the outcome of your wager. Check out the show notes for full details. Now, listen to our guy, Shane Diefenbach, talk about it 
in the disclaimer. Link problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y 467-369-NEW YORK. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Guy in here, get his insight on what's going on around the league. More importantly, what's going on with these Arizona Cardinals after Kyler Murray made his debut. Sam Monson, you can check him out, of course, on a daily basis, the PFF NFL podcast. Sam, just your main takeaway right off the bat, Kyler Murray's return on Sunday, victorious over the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I mean, obviously a win um, is its own thing, but the most impressive or most notable thing I thought was immediately Kyler Murray is running, right? He's scrambling. He's using his legs. He's not thinking, I'm not 100%. I've got to be more of a pocket passer. I can't do what makes me Kyler Murray right from the jump. He was scrambling around. He was making some plays with his legs. And then the end, that last kind of run, I mean, he was pulling out some sort of vintage Oklahoma Kyler Murray type plays where, you know, he's he's going running around for an age back there and then eventually making something special happen. So I think that was a, a really nice game from him as a return. Still clearly a little bit rusty from a, a passing point of view, but I think that's a good thing as well because there's more to come. Um, but a really positive uh, return for him and positive for the team's um, perspective in terms of like they're they're going to be a better team now with Kyler Murray than they have been for the the first half of the season yeah it really does feel like he's like a win max two wins away from like completely dismissing any notion that they would take a quarterback you know every I, we we had you on the show I think like four months ago and just the state of the Cardinal roster in conjunction com- combining with his injury it was like you know the Cardinals are going to be in this until they're not and it really does right. feel like his ability to elevate this team that I think was already kind of playing above expectations, at least from an effort standpoint, they're going to be feisty down the stretch. You know, they've got seven games. I think at least half are, are winnable with a quarterback of his caliber. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's going to be a problem that kind of takes care of itself one way or the other, right? Like if Kyler Murray wins enough games, they're not going to be in a position to draft his successor anyway. And he's probably the guy. If Kyler Murray loses every single game, then he's probably not shown enough that's going to keep you away from drafting his successor anyway. So it's sort of it's the one big question that the the Cardinals have to answer down the stretch, but it almost isn't a question they even need to dedicate an awful lot of mental runtime to because it, it's going to like take care of itself either way just by virtue of where they're picking in the draft. But that really is the purpose, right? Is get Kyler Murray out there. It's a new regime. They don't have investment in him above and beyond the fact that they've given him like the contract is his already. So there is a a literal investment in him in terms of salary cap and in terms of that contract, but they're not tied to him in a way that the old regime was. They have to evaluate him and figure out what he looks like in this offense going forward. And if he's going to be the guy, Um, the very first glimpse we've seen suggests that he can be that guy again. And I suspect if that's the guy we're getting going forward or even an improved version once he knocks some of the rust off, like he's going to be seen as the future for this team. 
Sam, can you help the crowd out? Because there's always a team tank with with a lot of franchises that are struggling during a given season, and, and they want to see their team at least pay off as far as all the horrible games that they had to watch throughout the season. Can you can you can maybe give them a good reason of why it benefits the Arizona Cardinals, uh, despite falling down draft boards, to win football games down the stretch with Kyler Murray? Well, the first part is what we just talked about, right? If they're winning games with Kyler Murray, with arguably, you know, the worst roster in the NFL or one of the worst rosters in the NFL, that's a great thing for them going forward because it means you have a quarterback that can already elevate a bad situation, right? And you don't need to go and draft the quarterback at the top of the draft, which is basically the only purpose to tanking, right? Like everyone sees this as, oh, we stink right now. We got to tank. We got to get the top draft pick. But the only reason you do that is to get the next quarterback that you think can elevate the franchise. You're not doing that for like the number one offensive tackle in the draft or (laughs) the number one edge rusher, right? You're doing it for the quarterback. And if you already have the quarterback, then you don't need to do the tanking. You just need some draft picks generally and start restocking the talent across the board. So if they're winning games, it means they probably already have the quarterback and they don't need to go out of their way to tank to get the better draft pick. Um, and that really is the the important thing for this team. They're going to be well set up in the draft anyway because they have multiple first-round picks. They don't need one of them to be number one, number two overall. We don't get many blue grades from PFF around these parts. Those are the elite <laughs> grades. So uh, I was excited to see that old Trey McBride earned a 96.2 grade for his outing against the Atlanta Falcons. Is this is this do you think a sign of things to come perfect storm given the situation with Atlanta? I think he has like the physical traits to be oh, yeah. a top 10 tight end and just needed the opportunity. Ertz was in his way, Kyler Murray not being around, rhythm targets. What I saw, I think what many of us in this fan base saw was a guy that was violent after the catch that has just supremely high upside at the position. Yeah, and I, I've been waiting for it, right? Like, I right. loved him in the, at draft time. I never quite understood why he wasn't seen as a first-round talent at tight end. He was the offense in college, and I've been kind of – I thought it was a great fit for him to end up in Arizona, and I'd been sort of waiting for this level of opportunity and, and production from him, and we started to see it the last few weeks when you're right – they finally just given him the role and said, okay, we've got this guy. Let's see what he can do. Let's load him up with the targets and said, and see what happens. And you're seeing the kind of talent and ability that he brings to the table. So I think it's great timing, right? You, in addition to Kyler Murray coming back in a new offense and a new system, you've got quite a lot of these young guys, whether it's uh, Trey McBride, whether it's Michael Wilson, um, you know, Marquise Brown is a little further along, obviously in his career, but is still, in that kind of younger category, you have this quite young, talented collection of playmakers that theoretically could coalesce into this impressive group of skill position players quite quickly if they can all, you know, gel together over the second half of the season. It certainly helps kickstart a rebuild, uh, maybe not blue grades over PFF, but certainly PFF grade darlings this past weekend. Three of the top 10 rookies that graded out for this Arizona Cardinals team are on the defensive side of the football, Sam. And you've got, you know, Garrett Williams, who's now played in three games that looks really good playing in the nickel position, slot corner. BJ Ujolari had a coming out party with two sacks. And then you've got Dante Stills, their final pick in, in their entire draft this past spring. Just what does this do for the team going forward if they can hit on three picks on that side of the football? 
Oh, it's huge. I mean, you know, the defense looked like a real problem on paper heading into the season. Yeah. Um, it's it's played above itself so far this season. I think it's been impressive how much they've actually been able to compete on that side of the ball, given what it looked like it was going to be. But that an influx of talent is huge. And if they can hit on some of these draft picks, I love Garrett Williams at draft time. I thought he had a lot of talent. Obviously, he had the injury which dropped him down the draft, but that guy has a lot of kind of click and close ability, some real playmaking ability with the ball in the air. He could absolutely be a find for them. I was a little bit lower on BJ Ojolari than a lot of people, but he had a very well-rounded skill set, a broad um, toolbox of pass rushing skills. And if he is sort of as good in the NFL as he was in college, which is entirely possible, then he's a, he'll be a productive pass rusher for them. So yeah, if they're able to add two or three players from last draft that are going to be, you know, even just quality starters for the team going forward, it's a, it's a huge step in the right direction with, you know, another draft to come. Let's talk about their first round pick from this year. Paris Johnson Jr. Hasn't missed a snap this year. Had a good outing against Atlanta, but I, I do think that, you know, the expectation is difficult for these rookie offensive linemen, you know, to come in and make a name for themselves, specifically on on PFF scoring grade. Like we've talked about it before. Very difficult. Like, are there are there positives that you see not only just with Paris, but like rookie tackles in general where it's like, yeah, the grade may not be 80, 90, but here's a positive. Here are things that we look for at the position that can really culminate in the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult for offensive linemen in general to come into the league and hit the ground running, right? It's a really tough spot to to, to play. In particular, you know, the, the offenses are different. There's a lot of offenses in college where those guys are not exposed to particularly uh, a large volume of sort of true pass sets and asked to pass protect the way they are in the NFL. And then the level of competition is also not even in the same ballpark, right? Everybody they are going up against in the NFL is as good as the best person they faced in college. Like as a general rule of thumb, that's probably the type of leap you're expecting from any of these guys. Like every week is like going up against the best player they ever played at the college level. So it's a huge jump forward in strength of competition and just difficulty of ask. So when you're looking at these guys, you're wanting to see sort of signs of growth, right? And you're wanting to see even inconsistent high-level play. If you can just see that they can get to that level and they can have a game against a good guy, then the other stuff will probably come, right? They will get used to that level and they will be able to iron out the bad play and they'll be able to get a higher level of consistency. You just want to see some development and the ability to keep their head above water they don't need to be dominant right out of the box. Like the number of offensive linemen that are able to come into the league and immediately hit the ground running and look like one of the best guys in the league. It's such a small number. Usually that's a position that takes, you know, two years to get to that kind of level. So you're looking for those signs. You're looking for those green shoots of growth and just the, the reason to be optimistic rather than yes, he's already solved the problem. Is there anybody on this roster that you're a bit bullish on that maybe transcends their PFF grades that that you think are, have played better this season than maybe their grade would suggest? Um, not necessarily played better than the grades suggest, but obviously uh, Dennis Gardeck, I think, has been a real surprise this season and a positive force for that defense and a guy that you know started off as a kind of special team specialist um, and then has transitioned into more of a full-time player, been a pretty useful source of pass rush for them. I think the move from of Zaven Collins from off the ball linebacker to like edge rusher, 
that's a rare move in terms of both how often teams even try it and how often it works. Um, it doesn't tend to be something that happens very often in the NFL. You know, Micah Parsons obviously is one example of it working out, but Micah Parsons was a guy that had some kind of backstory of being an edge rusher in his past. David Collins doesn't. He just yeah. looks like one physically, but he's yeah. actually started to turn, you know, turn a corner and I think become a useful player then. And then everybody, I, every time I watch Arizona, a guy that stands out to me is Victor Dimikaji on the defensive mm. line. Like that guy's been making some plays this year. And I, I've been really impressed with him pretty much every time I watch the Cardinals. I think also, sorry, Johnny, like the an, another name, Hassan Reddick. And it, it, there's a common denominator here, Sam. It was Steve Kime drafts him and then miscast him as an off-ball linebacker instead of an edge rusher when it's clear as day. Like this is where those big-bodied, bendy guys deserve to or should play. Well, they've had this weird run where they they like drafted three different linebackers and <laughs> arguably none of them are linebackers, right? Like Hassan Reddick was an yeah. edge rusher in college and they put him at off the ball linebacker because he kind of looked like one from a body type standpoint, but he was always an edge rusher, right? Mm -hmm. Then you have Isaiah Simmons, who I think fundamentally is a safety, <laughs> but he looks like a linebacker. So we're going to play him at linebacker. And then you have Zaven Collins, who actually was a linebacker but it has a, a an edge rusher's body type yeah. and now we don't really know what to do with him but like <laughs> it, i think he's different from reddick in terms of he doesn't have this track record of being an edge rusher he just has the body of an edge mm. rusher so it's almost it's like the mistake they made with the son reddick but it, it actually looks like it might be working out like they've kind of gone in reverse right they've taken <laughs> a guy that genuinely was an off the ball linebacker and they've moved into the edge because he looks like he should play there and early on, it looked like that might not be a good idea. It's kind of you've already tried that the other way around and it didn't work. But actually, the longer he plays there, the more it does look like he's able to make that transition and make an impact. Yeah. God bless Steve Kime and all of this <laughs> ridiculous drafting. Uh, Monty Austin Ford looks like went one for one in his draft last spring. Let's talk about next spring for a second. Let's assume the season ends up well for Kyler Murray. Hopefully the trajectory is a couple more wins. They pick up, you know, his contract. They move forward with him as their franchise quarterback. How would you like to see this team tackle the roster this offseason? 80-plus million dollars in cap space, 12 to 13 draft picks, tons of flexibility. They've already remade this roster in about six months for the better. Is there like one or two things, and it doesn't even need to be like players by name, that you would target for this roster like immediately to stand out to you? Yeah, I honestly don't think they even need to go that crazy. You know, if if you assume that the the young skill position players they have are going to develop and, and sort of move forward together, both in the second half of the season and going forward, you know, you project a developmental curve for those guys. I think you can always keep working on the offensive line, particularly the interior. I would want to strengthen that area of the, the line if I could. And then really target defense. You know, I think, the group we mentioned, it's been playing above itself. Um, there's been those young players that have shown that they might be parts of the solution, but still, it's it's still a weakness on paper relative to other teams. Just load up on defense. I think you can dip into free agency, maybe bring in one or two guys there that you think are really good fits in terms of the right age profile, the right quality, or worth spending the money for. But then just repeat the draft, you know, take as many draft picks as you can, try and hit on as many as possible and hope that you can move this thing forward with a big jump if you get enough contributors.
I'll get you out on this one. The news today, the Arizona Cardinals awarded the claim on Michael Carter from the Jets. Seemed like he was a casualty just of a logjam of backs in that New York Jets uh, running back room. Uh, I'd imagine he brings a big boost behind James Conner at the playmaking-wise to that running back room for the Cardinals that wasn't there behind J.C. Yeah, and he's a very different type of runner from from James Conner as well. So it's a nice kind of compliment in terms of a change of pace, you know, a true change of pace, a guy that does bring a different level of speed, quickness, sort of at, what's the best word, like elusiveness. He's sure. very difficult to bring down. He's sort of small, quick, stocky, mm-hmm. um, makes those kind of quick, immediate cuts. So I think it's a fun player actually to add to the mix as a, a, real, a real change of pace that makes defenses – think you know when you go from this guy that is more of a sort of bigger um i don't want to use the word slow like james connor is not slow but a more deliberate um type of runner and then you suddenly add in this guy that's much sure. more of a jitterbug smaller guy it, it is a difficult thing like I what think, they had with chase edmonds deal. once upon a time yeah right Love it. Low risk for Monty Ossifort and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, it was great having, of course, our guy Sam Monson. Check him out, the PFF NFL podcast. Follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam. Love the work every day that you do, Sam. Appreciate it. Uh, check his stuff out, and we'll talk to you soon. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Really great stuff from our guy Sam Monson. Uh, we got uh, obviously some things coming up, but I want to get into why Kyler Murray is in very good hands with the coaching staff. Some takeaways, Johnny, from his post, uh, his press conference availability today. So we'll get into that conversation here sh- shortly. Yeah, we're excited about that. I'm excited to tell you about Desert Financial, which is the official credit union of our Arizona Cardinals and the venerable household for some time now. So excited. 84 years and counting, Desert Financial has been Arizona's largest, most trusted local credit union dedicated to creating exceptional experiences by giving back to the community and providing financial solutions to make it better. They're fantastic with the amount that they offer. Look to Desert Financial. They've got checking, savings accounts, mortgages, loans, credit cards, investment options, and more and it's super easy to get started. You go to desertfinancial.com slash cardinals if you want that sweet, sweet debit card. I remember the days I would have to go to like my local banking branch, and it's like I have to block off half a day to do one thing, and then it would process and would take forever. I opened up a checking account online, and I was ready to go in mere minutes. So check it out and more, desertfinancial.com slash cardinals. I may or may not rock the Cardinal debit card. I would show you, but then you would all have my PIN number, you greedy, greedy people. <laughs> but uh, Desert Financial is the place to be for your checking and banking needs. Johnny would never financially recover from that if all 307 <laughs> of you in the chat got his PIN and his debit card number. So uh, very wise move not to share it with the gang. What would be yeah. wise if all 307 just hit a like? You know, You know how easy that is? Just drop a like on it right now. But also, you know what's easy? Getting tickets to the next Cardinals game. Mm. Yeah, you get yourself in the door to see Kyler Murray make his second home appearance against the Los Angeles Rams a week from Sunday after they take on C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans in H-Town. They're back right here at State Farm Stadium in Glendale. Johnny's going to be at Gila River, but you can be in Glendale just by tapping in to the Game Time app. You can use and save some money just by downloading the app today creating an account and redeem with the code PHNX to get $20 off. I was looking at ticket prices still pretty low. So if you get in there, you get a pair of tickets, use that discount code PHNX, 
probably going to be going close to free 99. That ain't bad, right? With our friends over at Game Time, they're going to get you to any game, any event you want to go to. Suns are playing tonight. There's great concerts. There's uh, stand-up uh, comedians playing all around town. Why not save some dough and you are paid off by being a procrastinator like myself and Johnny and Damon by using the Game Time app. Get in whenever, save some money while doing it. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Game time. Uh, went to the Suns game last week. My wa- uh, my parents took my son also to the Cardinal game last weekend. And I'm going to tell you right now, no better time than to watch sports here in the Valley with basketball weather kicking in. And then, of course, our Redbirds. You, you were telling me Kyler Murray's scramble run on third down that's the loudest we've heard state farm stadium yeah. in in some time i'm i'm anxious to get back and hear that environment because it's it's sorely needed bo brock our guy greg dorch said that you know he, obviously i'm i'm behind the glass in the press box uh and greg dorch was out there he said it was an electric atmosphere especially after his big punt return like the yeah. the roof nearly popped popped off and you know with the rival rams coming in a little bit better roster. Hopefully the, the roster continues to get healthier and healthier as it, it has the last couple of weeks going in against the division rival and McVay, Stafford and crew coming to town after kind of whooping up on the, the cards in LA a couple of weeks ago. But uh, you know, there's a difference, right? I mean, it, did Cliff Kingsbury beat Sean McVay twice, right? One yeah. in a, in a garbage time game last year where it was Colt McCoy versus uh God, I don't even remember. Was Dirk it McGurk, again? No blow. Yeah. <laughs> Street XFL player. Yeah. Only like one real win that you can credit to Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals against Sean McVay. And that was in week four in 2021 when they just absolutely walloped them in LA. It was great, but yeah. that was few and far between. Now I think that the Cardinals, they're creating the infrastructure possible for Kyler Murray to have success against the Rams. And I thought he said a couple key things today during his media availability. Let's just take a listen to what Kyler Murray had to say uh, while talking about his new coaching staff, his new offense. I think, you know, it's uh, I, I can I can go into the game just trusting it, you know, and just allowing myself to be me if it's like, um, you know, the, the superhero plays and stuff like that, like, they just happen, you know. I don't. It's not forced. It's just play within the system. Uh, um, we'll, you know, obviously we'll do what we're coached, do what we're taught, and then if, if something breaks down, do what you need to do, and you know, make something happen. But other than that, uh, you know, I, I think we're we're being coached well. Uh, I love the scheme. I love what we're doing. Um, you know, and the t- the attention to detail to it all is uh, is really what I love the most. So. I mean, there you have it. I mean, basically saying you know, the superhero players are going to happen, right? But it's going to be more in an organic fashion, right? Where he's going to play within the offense. What Drew Pretzing is setting up for him, creating an offensive infrastructure that wasn't there previous to this, where it was more like Cliff Kingsbury was like, hey, go out and play hero ball and everything should fall in line, where Drew Petsing is going out there, setting Kyler Murray up for success schematically, uh, setting him up pre-snap, setting them up within the play to be successful and on schedule. And then if things break down, hey, here's a concept. If things do break down, Kyler Murray can then rely on his incredible skill set to save the day. That's all well and good. And I believe everything you just said. I think you buried the lead, though, because uh, you posted it. It got posted on PHNX underscore Cardinals. Old habits, old habits. Well, no, that's that's the next that that's the next clip. That's the Do next. We have it. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see it. Let's talk let's, a little this, old habits. This is the more telling on. one. Yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with it. I will say, you know, being in a different offense for the past four years, it was, 
it was new. It was definitely new. A lot of, you know, terminology and stuff like that, being out there, seeing a certain coverage and, you know, thinking back to, like, old, uh, you know, old habits or uh, things that we would do. Um, but at the same time, being in the moment and not, you know, <laughs> not being able to go to what I would normally go to, having to stay with what we're doing now. Um, there's definitely some old habits that want to, you know, creep back in when you're out there. But um, no, it's 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 good, you know, breaking those habits, um, trusting the process, and, and you know, with Drew's with Drew's coaching, teaching, uh, it's been great. Um, but no, as far as the training, Crent, no, I feel, I, I don't feel like. Uh, you know, those reps, like last year, I missed a lot of reps. I, I felt a little different. This year, I feel pretty good. There it is. There's the old habits uh, quote that you're looking for. I, I kind of, I when I put that up, I put bad old habits. And that, you don't have to put bad in there. But the old habits that he, he mentioned a couple times in there that he said, he almost harkened back to him. But what Drew Petzing is preaching, what he's instilling right now, Oh, man, it, they are in a way better place offensively. Anybody watch Cliff Kingsbury's offense? Uh, go ask Caleb Williams how that's going in USC right now. He, they, they're coaching bad habits out of Kyler Murray that were instilled by Cliff Kingsbury's offense. That's what he's saying, that he can't come out and say that everybody knows. Like, th- this, this team has a way higher ceiling offensively, and Kyler Murray can cement himself as a top-five quarterback, and he was playing despite Cliff Kingsbury. Like he was playing well despite his head coach at times. And that's unfortunate. But at the same time, we all saw it with our eyes. Like your buddy Jody Ayler, friend of the program, basically came out and said, like, no more Steve Kime, Cliff, King, Cliff Kingsbury, gravy train extensions off of Kyler Murray. And that's what it was. Anybody who would watch the Cardinals play during Cliff Kingsbury's heyday, it felt like there was no cohesiveness offensively. They had no identity. We've all seen the egregious DeAndre Hopkins route charts where it's like all on one side of the field. The diversity was not there. And Kyler Murray literally, and he said as much in that first clip, had to play hero ball. It yeah. literally was like when they would win games, it was like, Kyler, go out and out-athlete everybody with DeAndre Hopkins. Run around, D-hop, get open, and then we'll just, we'll laud the head coach and we'll give him a nice extension. There was no cohesiveness. I was a big supporter of Cliff when they signed him. I thought it was is what they needed, especially after Wilkes, energized where the league was moving to. But he never evolved. Like, I thought yeah. Cliff did some nice things in 2019, but the offense, they caught up to them. The rest of the league did, like middle of, you know, 2021, and they never adjusted. What they're building right now is sustainable because of the run game, the emphasis on pass protection and play action. That will travel well for this franchise to win games when they are allergic uh, to winning games, especially under Kingsbury, November, December, January. Whereas Cliff used to take the top off of the, you know, the defense in September and October, and it was popping off. They were top five in every category. But really, at the end of the day, it was Kyler Murray had to overcome, in my opinion, inept offensive coaching. And yeah. he, he that was a very mature, respectful response. But everybody, like, that, po- you, you posted that on, on Twitter today. Like, everybody knew what he was talking about. Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury held Kyler Murray back. And now he's working with professional NFL coaches that are going to emphasize his talent, but also put him in a position where you don't have to do literally everything. Be special when it calls for it in the fourth quarter on third and 10, but you don't have to make a hero play all day, every day and save us. Save us, Kyler Murray. I think those days are over. Yeah, I mean, uh, to kind of put it into a nerd analogy, and you're a nerd and you'll get this, 
Yeah, it's if if Gotham City, if Commissioner Gordon yeah. was just don't like, butcher this. Be careful. He was like, careful. we don't we don't need you know competent policemen out there. We don't need them patrolling the streets. We got Batman. We don't need we don't need to do police work. <laughs> Batman, that was pretty solid. Yep. Somebody somebody you know steals a purse from an old lady. Batman. You know he can't he can't be everywhere. You can't yeah. in, you can't expect him to cover all ground. But mm-hmm. if you know when when the Joker is is up to no good, then he's gonna go in there and he's gonna make a big big stop for you, big play. You got God me. You got what I'm putting down. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's solid. Topic sixty four four ninety nine. Can we ask Sam why it seems like PFF grades don't seem to match what the human eye is seeing? I kind of tried to allude to that with offensive yeah. tackle rankings, but I mean it's tough. They they give out grades. I the Cardinals, I think will lean into analytics, but they, they'll let their eyes do the talking. And again, I think that's a good sign. He even said it himself, like, wasn't a huge B. Joe Gilari fan. What are your eyes tell you the last two weeks? That guy's an ass kicker. He's an ascending player for this team. He reminds me in a lot of ways, like Marcus Golden didn't have great analytics, consistent double-digit sack artist in the NFL when given an opportunity. Some There's stuff that you just can't measure at times. So thankfully, Bo, I don't think this French, I like PFF, is basing like their long-term decisions on grades. Yeah. No, I, I think that pro football focus is, is just a very small part of the equation. I think that what they do in the site, especially what Brad Spielberg does, what, what Sam does, the way that they provide context, context to the grades that they give. Yeah. Um, I, I think what, what those guys do is fantastic. Uh, but I I'm often with topic 64 scratching my head, you know, I'm watching, you know, Paris Johnson jr. Start his career. Uh, with a very solid, you know, 10 games, very solid, right. you know, beginning resume. And the, and the grade doesn't necessarily back that up. And, and I, you know, I, I see guys like uh, Buda Baker continually get disrespected as far as when they rank safeties and, and it, they far too often are at fo- fall uh, kind of uh, at fault because they're relying too much on who's a, who's a grades darling. And instead of watching with their eyes, uh, be money dollar 99, Money boys, it's good to be back, AZ, we up. It feels different this week, doesn't it, B-Money? Thank you so much for the super chat. Great to talk about a dub and competent football again, led by Kyler Murray Bow. Back to the discussion here at hand. I really do feel like, I mean, Kyler Murray, and people have pointed this out, and like I think it's, it's fair and it's unfair. Because the easy thing for people to kind of say is, look, he's matured, he's a different player. I think he just can be himself now. I think he doesn't have to put on a facade. He's comfortable with who he is because the people who were surrounding him are comfortable with him. Like yeah. it always felt like Kyler Murray maybe had a chip on his shoulder because he couldn't feel comfortable with Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury and the perception of what ownership thought of him. Now it's like, no, no, no. Austin Ford Gannon, they have my fucking back. The rest mm-hmm. of the NFL, like they see I'm a good player. Like, we, we're back up. I want you to tell everybody we're back yeah. up here and I can just do my thing. And that means something when at the end of the day, like any, any job you do, any employer that you have, it means something more to go to work every day and know that your personal and professional development is being emphasized and you are respected. doesn't matter how much money you're making, whatever. It's like those people have an investment in you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter yeah. if Kyle Murray was being paid $230 million to start last year. The people that were operating on the football side of this franchise did not respect Kyler Murray enough to put him in a position to succeed. And it ultimately, on top of a lot of other things, led to their firing. And now the Cardinals wisely have gone the opposite route. Austin Ford and Gannon, from the minute they arrived here in February, have embraced Kyler Murray. And everybody in the media, 
inside this market, outside this market, thought it was a facade. They're up against trade value. No, it's for real. All yeah. this is for real. And the culmination of that, I, I think, was on Sunday. Yeah, it is. It's Stringer Bell. It's the wire.gif. It's Idris Elba. All the things. We back up. Absolutely. It is uh it's it's refreshing to see. And it's 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 been overdue. And it's like Kyler Murray was a child in a dysfunctional household where the parents just couldn't get along and, and they put their indifferences ahead of, you know, the family overall. And Kyler Murray yep. had to grow up real early and it had to do most of the things that, you know, his head coach and his GM were incapable of doing. And now there are adults back in the room making the decisions. And I think Kyler Murray, maybe, I don't know if this would be me putting words in his mouth or, or putting him in a situation that I don't speak for him, but I think now he just likes being a part of the team yeah, instead of having I, to I be, you know, the, the, the guy to lead the way. I, I think he, he just wants to go out there, play ball with his teammates and, and play within a system and be coached and, and all the things that go into just being a player. And, and, you know, he, he's going to do some things obviously with, with his, his uh, just his pure playmaking ability uh, that other players can't do. Like Baldy said, only a few quarterbacks can do what he did on that third and 10 uh, late in the game, 13-yard scramble. But um, at the same time, like he, he doesn't want the pressure of having to, to carry an organization on his back all the time. Sports Hero, $5 Super Chat. Can we sign Draymond Green as a linebacker? <laughs> He's becoming a war daddy. Uh, I think he would have. A, I think we would have a culture problem. I think with with old Draymond <laughs> Green, the Cardinals like their locker room. They like their cohesiveness. Is a big reason you can't why they choke anybody out. Unfortunately, no. that's a that's a flag. That's a flag on the play. Any sport yeah. you're playing in, Draymond would have a tough time in the NFL for a lot of different reasons. Stop. You ever seen the? You ever seen it when he put on uh, pads and for Michigan State? How'd that go? Not great. Yeah. Not great. Yeah, he can be uh, physical on the basketball court when he gets out there with actual physical uh, sport like the NFL. Draymond it uh, gets exposed. I always laugh at people who say, "Well, they're the best athletes in the world. They could play football." I mean, like high school football, college football, sure. Like professional <laughs> football, it takes a different kind of person to do that. Was Top it in their spring game, Damon? You know, you seem like you know. Yeah, I do believe it was in their spring game in Michigan State. Like they're, they're nothing like turn your nose up. I mean, right now they are, but you know, then they were solid. They, they were solid, it. but did they he just ass. Yeah, he did not. <laughs> no, he was playing like tight. He's ass. like super. He's like one of the most unlikable dudes, and I get it. That's his shtick, and they love him yeah. in Golden State for it. But I'm I'm ready for that him to be done. Uh, topic sixty four four ninety nine. I want to give the O line props. Absolutely, they had some backups in there. They held down the Ford. Left side was standing their ground. Absolutely. Like, people are auditioning for this team in 2024. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, Carter O'Donnell, he wants to be in the mix for that left guard spot. Like, Kelvin Beecham, probably saying, like, you can get rid of DJ Humphreys. Like, I'll hold it down. You guys get another can we get him here. We should give Kelvin Beecham his flowers today. No doubt. You know? I mean, for him to come in and, and play as well as he did, and I know that, like, Atlanta doesn't, you know, strike fear an opposing offensive line week in and week out. But for him to just come in and play rock solid at left tackle and for the left side to play probably one of its best games of the season in absence of their starting left tackle and down third on the depth chart, maybe even fourth on the depth chart at left guard, for them to have the performance that they did, you know, uh, Calvin Beecham and, and, and Carter O'Donnell, like Calvin Beecham pretty much, I think he opened up the eyes of this organization and said like, Hey, th I can be your backup left tackle. I can be your swing tackle and I can do it 
very well. Like you don't yeah. have to worry about it. Like if you're down, like I'm not going to say I'm, I'm starting caliber at either spot, right or left tackle. But if you need me to pinch and there's, there's a role on every NFL team for that, Calvin Beachum played that role very well on Sunday. Yeah. And I think he's like the Josh Dobbs of swing tackles, like come in and give you a couple really good games. Do you want him starting 17 games? Probably not at this point, but like you can go out there for a stretch and like, I think they'd be comfortable with him again against Houston Texans this weekend. DJ Humphreys needs another week or two. I mean, it's, it's why you just, you can't have enough offensive line depth in this league. And Kyler Murray is a special player, but he gets compromised. If you go get after him and he's injured like anybody else would be, they need to be able to fortify a way to keep him healthy for 17 weeks. And that has proved to be difficult under the prior regime. So you know, I'm all for it. Kelvin Beecham, you want to re-sign as much depth as, as you can and then add to it at the top of the draft. Thank you, Nick, for the kind word. Shout yes. out, Bowen Johnny, best crew, hands down. You guys are the best. You guys are also the best because you're going to like this video. We're going to get over 300 likes, Bo. Wow. Hell yeah. I'm in for that. Uh, it, it's been um, unbelievably... Uh, we're grateful for all the kind words on social media lately from, you know, Dylan and everybody else out there. Jan, who was trying to find the pod. There was a little hiccup on Google podcast. We apologize for that. If that's where you find uh ph and Cardinals, but we appreciate everybody and in, in everything that they've said over. Danny chimed in uh, yesterday. Fantastic stuff. So thankful for everybody that tunes in, likes these videos, tunes, tunes, like chimes in, in the chat on social, uh, Incredibly grateful for everybody out there. This is why we do it. Garen, uh, I, I happen to agree with this. Cardinals' most positive 2-8 team in NFL history, possibly. That, that's a weird That's a weird badge of honor to to wear. And not you don't necessarily want the team that you root for to wear that. But I, I, I can see it. I'm going to say something I'm probably going to regret. But uh, outside of winning all their games, I like. could this have gone any better for Austin Ford and Gannon to start the year? You basically you could stretch out Kyler's timeline. He came back and won you the game. Your draft class looks historically great. All the players you cut out, you know, save for D Hop. D Hop's been good, but like Zach Allen, nah. Byron Murphy's been fine. Isaiah Simmons, disaster in the Giant. Like they're they're batting about eight hundred right now. I think if you could, they would sign up for this a hundred percent. And again, the 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 standing not you know withstanding the record notwithstanding. I mean like. They got to finish this year strong. I think they yeah. can get, I could easily see them getting to six wins. That would be very positive because they will. And we talked about this yesterday. They are setting themselves up to be one of the hottest, trendiest teams in the NFL in 2024. Like national TV games, like buckle up for that. And the, certainly this fan base it will embrace it. I'm, I'm going to embrace it, but we're in the tail. I think we're already in the tail end of the rebuild. I think the rebuild is rock bottom was Cleveland. Right. Rock bottom. I mean, it can't, you can't get any lower than that. Like the, that was the darkest day of the rebuild. But, it, but again, like it was, we, you knew that we were going to come you out. Did. Of you did brace for impact. You know, like you, you were like, we, you did kind of, you know, you, you put the, the wood over the windows and it's stuff. Like me and a you, Waffle House if I have to go for fantasy. Huh? Like I know I'm going to get to leave yeah. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't but, have to live there now. I mean, Look, there's there's more optimism for the Cardinals than there is for your fantasy football on, team. And your date, up to your date at Waffle House, you can. You I, can. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think what they, as far as what the assignment was, yeah, they're passing with flying colors. 
Like there was, there was no coming in here and then taking the roster that Steve Kime had in place and then turning that immediate and pivoting that into a winner. Like the, the assignment was rebuild. The assignment was tearing this thing down and setting up for success and, and, and really pivoting into a positive direction on the coaching staff and them showing their worth, which is tough, which was maybe the toughest part of this uh, through when, when you're, you know, the, the odds were stacked against you. And, and I think Gannon and, and Petsing and, and Rollis and Austin Fort and Dave Sears and crew, they've, they've done a spectacular job. Jesus in the chat is killing me. Toon's got to spend, Clayton Toon's got to spend 24 hours at a while. After <laughs> <laughs> that start. We're fired up here. I'm fired up to tell you about Circle K, America's thirst stop. We've got a new free membership program. Save 25 cents per gallon, your first five fill-ups. Pizza, coffee, ice cold fountain drinks. My go-to, we got Thursday night football tomorrow. College basketball, we got good stuff going on. Suns, big three debut tonight. Go get some goodies. Load up with our friends at Circle K. I'm going to hook you up. Join the inner circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Of course, terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for more details, Bo. Yeah, I had to hit up Circle K. My uh, gas light came on after practice today. Couldn't make the drive from Tempe into Phoenix without them. So, Got the gas going, got my inner circle code in there. So I was, I was saving three cents on that guy. And then I, I went in there and I got myself some snacks. Didn't miss out on that over at Circle K. Uh, it was right down the street from our friends over at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. You got to join us every home game and achieve that legendary status. Do you do you over at Gila River? We love Gila River resorts and casinos arizona's biggest and best resorts casinos mom's coming in town next week for for thanksgiving guess where she's staying gila river casino out there wild horse pass because uh you can just right down there on the casino floor you go to sports book you can win big a million dollar big red showdown gila river resorts and casino wild horse pass lone butte viquiva and santan mountain don't miss out sign up for the Gila River Resorts and Casinos Million Dollar Big Red Showdown, stay in the game. Get rewards. It's so easy. Visit GilaMillionDollarShowdown.com to get in on the action. That's GilaMillionDollarShowdown.com and to get in the action. For more information, Gila Rivers Resorts and Casinos and what they have to offer, head over to PlayHila.com. Somebody asking me, uh, asking us what's our favorite college football teams. I don't know if I have a favorite, but I've got a favorite website. It's gophnx.com. Become a diehard <laughs> <You> today. <dog. laughs> I'll tell you in a second. Uh, check out. How about this? You like Rookie of the Years? You like Rookie of the Year tees? You can get one right now from the Merchandise Locker. The hottest item right now for PHNX. It's the NL Rookie of the Year. New release. How about that? little uh, machine action. 25 homers in a rookie year. You like that? How about 54 bases stolen? They are popping off the shelves, selling out quick. Get it now. If you want it for free, I can hook you up. Become a diehard at gophnx.com. Not only do you get this shirt for free, 100% of the articles unlocked. You join the exclusive member Discord. Discord Fantasy Football League is popping off. I'm yeah. 500, clawing my way toward the postseason. Leave me alone. Uh, we're having fun. Today. Is that is that good? I'm 7-3. and three. Is 500 good? Awesome, bro. I'm just, we're, we're trying to get through it one day at a time. People are talking so much shit to me in that league. I allow it because it's the diehards. Um, but yeah, you guys are fantastic. Check out 
the NL Rookie of the Year t-shirt. Uh, I can't wait to rep mine. And then I'm going to tell you right now, I just got the okay to, to tell everybody this. We're having a huge, huge Black Friday sale. Okay. .com, the merchandise locker. So if you're thinking like, I got to buy a bunch of clothes, maybe redo your wardrobe, and you only want to do it with PHNX gear, problem solved. Because not only are you going to get discounted off the regular priced items, if you're a diehard, you get more money off, you get free shipping. It's a glorious proposition. It's when I load up for the year. Like I buy, you know, bits and pieces throughout the year. <clears throat> Black Friday, right after Thanksgiving, I go absolutely nuts. Like we had a shirt last year. It was like a dollar. It was, it was one of my favorites. I wear it all the time now. Uh, it's not necessarily appropriate for like my kids' schools, but I wear it anyway. So check it out more. Go phnx.com, the merchandise locker. I, I'm going to be making it rain this holiday season with PH next year. My family and friends, they're going to be like, way to go. You got me shirts from where you work. You are, <laughs> but they're going to enjoy them because they're going to probably get the rookie of the year gear. They're going to get all of the PH next Cardinal swag that we have, that we love celebration tee, Greg Dorch t-shirt. Uh, they're they're going to get it. They're going to, they're going to hate me, but they're going to love the gift because they know I'm a cheap bastard. I went to the merchant, the PHNX locker and took advantage of the black Friday uh, sales. So you should take advantage of that as well. Uh, favorite college football team. I mean, I root for the Arizona teams now that I live here. Big fan mm -hmm. of the Sun Devils, big fan that's, of U of A Wildcats. I just like to such see a the political answer. I like to see the local products do well. I, I watch college football, not really for my personal fandom, but for it's such a politician's answer. I read for both of them. Yeah. I, I, I watch for draft prospects. I, so Marvin Harrison Jr. is your favorite yeah. football team right now. Yeah. I like, uh, I'm like people, you know, this. like we have a close family friend that's close with Jim Harbaugh. I root for Jim Harbaugh's success. I root for Michigan's success. So I don't have a, my, my university I went to, their football team is what is constituted as one double A Illinois State Redbirds. So, you know, they're not a division one team. So it makes it tougher. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I'm following all the prospects. That's how I take in college football. It's been tough yeah. times locally, no doubt about it. Um, so yeah, I, you're, you're big on Joe Alt. Our guy, Damon dog is, is a U of a, he's you a wildcat times locally. I say, speak for yourself. Well, <laughs> yeah. Number 17 in the country. There he is. Gonna be your ass. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Don't make him mad. He was like when I thought, we ranked weeks ago, and it finally happened. They they were ranked last week, what twenty one, Damon, and then they're in the top twenty already. Seventeen, 17 now. I know. That's what I rankings. just said that they got it. They <laughs> Kuiper's got one of their tackles going in the first round. I I saw that a couple months ago though. That was trending that way a long time ago. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. He could be a cardinal. Cardinals Player. don't go tackle with their first pick, and that that Houston pick sitting there. That'd be that'd be pretty wild. You're not feeling that. Money's not going Tucson for his his franchise left tackle. Oh my god! Don't let Saul Bookman hear that you say that. That's no, it's not. What's wrong with if he's a Johnny first round pick? No ACC defensive players. Oh, who's I, ever come out of Tucson? Gronk, he sucks. Is he played left tackle? Might as well have. Who is the last good U of A offensive lineman? I don't know. John Fina, stud. John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to tie with Bo on this one too. Like it, it wouldn't be my first choice. I'd have to be proven wrong, but I mean, Trey nope. McBride went to Colorado state is I'm just happy that they play in like a real conference. Like we know the PAC 12 is a real conference, at least for one more year. I get like the ACC 
should be relegated to just big time dirt conference. Like they're basically a mid a mid level conference right now. I still consider <laughs> you're playing big boy competition, big boy defensive lines in the Pac twelve. So you know he's he's good with me. I like him. If I hear John Cena's music uh, draft day, I, I'm gonna be sick, baby. I'm gonna be sick. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Is that your Brock Bowers for you then? If that happens, <laughs> that's my that's your version of, of Brock Bowers on this team. I just I don't think I you know I trust Monty and Monty I tr- we trust. I, I think more the, the trendy one is let Monty cook. What's his cook. name, Damon? What's your tackle's name? Jordan Morgan. I'm gonna look him up. Keep talking, Bo. He's got to have the size. I guarantee you, if he's a big boy, Johnny's going to be all in on him. He's athletic. If he's over 6'5", if he's 3'10", Johnny's going to be Morana, Arizona. I went to Morana High Morana. School. Morana. High School. High School. I'm not from here. I don't know the pronunciation. Doesn't add to anything. It's interesting. <laughs> he is, uh, let's see, 6'5", 325, according to Wikipedia, which is always correct. 22 years old. Uh, he's a criminal justice major, so he's going to... I can't wait till he beats your ass bone, locks you up for talking <laughs> shit about him. If they get him in round two, three, I'm in for that. Kuiper's got him in the first round. Uh, NFL draft buzz, whatever the hell that's called, says he's a fringe first rounder. I mean, really, it's good for him. It's gonna the off is gonna be big when we're in when you're a mobile yeah, pre-draft process for sure. Yeah, I think when second we're at, when we're at the combine, it's. I'll let Damon ask all the questions. It'll be like we go that morning and all they have all their podiums and this poor kid is just gonna have Damon Dog with a recorder in front of him. No one else <laughs> Bo and I will be at slobbering all over Joel with about seventy other people and then there's Damon. I'll be asking Jordan Morgan what his no. favorite Mexican food well, restaurant the, is in Tucson. There you go. Hey, no that questions. that's something that's elite down in the old Pueblo is is their Mexican food. I'll be at Fashion New. You can be at Alt Johnny, and then we can have our guy Damon Dog covering the kid from U of A. Penn State tackles. You're just you're not going to get me on board with that. I hope to be convinced otherwise. Levi Brown, scary. That, that's like the that's the one that didn't hit. He was also a tackle on a Super Bowl team. By default, don't do that. There's plenty <laughs> of bad players have played in the Super Bowl. Uh, this show's gone completely off the rails. That's kind of AZ Pack. Uh, big thank you. We said he's a new subscriber. Uh, big thank, thank you. New sub says this this podcast is informative. Line. It also gets off the rails the last couple uh, final segments of the show. I have another question that's off the rails. Okay. I need to know what the thought process Johnny had when he switched out Roadhouse for Indiana Jones back behind in his backdrop. Uh, I'll tell you right now. It's been rotating, hasn't it? This is Temple of Doom, which is a sequel. Kyler Murray's sequel for his NFL career started on Sunday. That's why I did that. I love it. I mean, you had Ghostbusters up there a couple weeks ago. Halloween, spooky times. Cardinals lose to the, uh, get shut out by the Browns. It's scary, scary to watch. Uh, I collect VHS, classic VHS tapes, and then put them on display here. I didn't even notice Ghostbusters. How dare I? (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to see what what makes it up there next. And then the nerd (laughs) reason behind it. Dylan, Dylan Richards, Houston, they are wearing the cherry red helmets uh, on Sunday. Does does that give uh, kind of Texans by a thousand vibes? No, I don't think so. I love these <laughs> comments back to back. Robert, love it, Johnny. Smart. And then Joel, Johnny equals nerd. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I won't I won't dispute that. Well, I'm a big I'm a big time nerd, but I love my my football cardinals. Love all of you. This podcast officially off the rails. You guys are here's great. what you're combats great. the here's what Dylan Richards great pointing out what's been big on social media uh as far as the Houston jersey love and especially the helmet love. Yeah. Kyler Murray, first time wearing the frosty whites on on the road. Yeah, because we had, it's a good uniform matchup on Sunday. Miles Garrett had to bury Clayton Tune in those two weeks ago. And I was like, don't do these to my white uniforms. Let's get K1 back and let's get some redeemability in these white uniforms. I'm with you. Uh, I'm all for it. We're going to be out at BetMGM this week and get your asses out there early. Somebody bring me some breakfast. Let's have a good time. Kickoff starts at 11. Our party, our watch party starts at 1030. We're going live. I don't have Dak posters, Jesus. You son of a bitch. I'm... Listen, it's a great day to be a Cardinal fan. It's a great week to be a Cardinal fan. I've never seen so much external media love. Everybody loves the direction of this franchise. We've been, you know, preaching it to the football gods for the better part of six months. Come to fruition. And I think what better way to keep this party going? Let's go streaking, everybody. Let's get another dub this weekend. We've got our definitive Houston Texans Cardinals preview show this coming Friday. We're going to tell you player of the game, winners, all that good stuff. But in the meantime, like and subscribe. We just crossed 20,000 subscribers here at PHNX Sports. We're trying to get the PHNX Cardinals Twitter account by hook or by crookbow to 10K. Everybody go make five accounts and then <laughs> hook us up. We'll get that to 10K. But in the meantime, he's Bo Brock. I'm Johnny Venerable. We had some fun today with Sam Monson and company. For Damon Dog, we'll see you tomorrow, Friday.